Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Nuts go bad, nuts go bad, nuts go bad if you leave them in your closet. Nuts go bad, nuts go bad, nuts go bad if you leave them in your closet. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. I'm... I'm Andy, you know? And I'm Alistair George William Trombley Birchall. And I love that. And nuts go bad if you leave them in the closet. <laughs> but I don't think nuts go bad in the absent, like in a, in a, you know, like in a vacuum, you know? I, I, and I don't, well, I didn't say if you leave them in the vacuum. But I don't think it's, I don't, th- I don't think it's, it's the, it's the closet per se that's causing the nuts to go bad i think there are environmental conditions associated with that you know that storage instance but not and also not mm. every closet is going to be the same that's all i'm saying yeah you know so well, no, it I just know, doesn't but feel I think scientific every closet and yeah i think if you leave nuts in any closet mm. no matter the closet mm. they will go bad I mean, okay, I, I yeah, well, then you that said, feels like... You said like, a vacuum. You know, a, a And you said statement. a vacuum. Yes. You said a vacuum. Nobody's closet is a vacuum. <laughs> I bet you there is not one completely depressurized mm. closet in the whole world. But, you know, people do put those clothes in those vacuum packs, you know, if you've got those clothes for deep storage, you know, and put them in that thing and yeah. you suck all the air out, yeah. and that's got to be close. And if you go into the... If you go into the closet huh. where people have all those vacuum huh. packs, right, and you see them stacked on this shelf in the closet, mm. and you put a bag of nuts on top of that, those vacuum yeah. things, right, gonna and you go leave bad. that pack of nuts there, <laughs> they're going to go bad because <laughs> they're in a closet. Um, Alistair, is there, you know how like in, uh, in, the, you know, in like Canada or something like that, I don't know if you know, if this, or you're aware of this country, but they... Canada? M- Am I right in thinking that, like, during winter, maybe in ye- slightly ye oldier times, but you might mm-hmm. leave some things out overnight in the cold, you know, in, in lieu of refrigerating them? You know, you might, yeah, um, yeah. you know, put all your, your, your milk into a plastic bag on the end of a piece of string and dangle it out the window and then just haul it in in the morning and scoop it out of the bag with your bare hands and, and it just... And have some... Just have some... F- frozen hard milk. Yes, yes. The, yeah. the that's what I have for that's what I have for ice cream, <laughs> and I love it. But yeah, just a bag. Yeah. Do you think that in space at the International Space Station yeah. they do a similar thing? You know, they'll just keep some food just out the window on a bit of string, like it. You know, you don't. Mm. Not everything needs to be stored in an oxygenated environment. In fact, I dare say that a lot of things would do better outside the the International Space Station. You know, you can actually in a in a in a zero gravity environment, 
you can take mm. up as much stuff as you want and then just chuck it out the window and just just reel it in. You know, you could have a, an extra wardrobe out there. That's true. I mean, it's, I guess as long as you bring lots of twine, mm. you know, lots of twine up and then you can have all the storage space. All the storage it's essentially like a imagine. big clothes, a big, a big like clothes horse, isn't it? In a way, yes. Every direction is a clothes horse. But could you dry clothes? I think you could, right? If you put, if your clothes, if you wash your clothes on, on I imagine one of those mm. big uh, washboard things that they have up there to save electricity, doing mm-hmm. like an old washerwoman, and then yeah. to dry them, could you put them out in the vacuum of space, and then the vacuum? You could. Would but think about this. Every time you do that, you're taking a little bit of the precious water that you have on board, <laughs> and then you're putting it out and just letting it go free. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that must feel so that really good. Load of washing. Oh, it would feel very wasteful, but, wouldn't it? But you'll you'll be like Elon is going to send another four yeah, liter cask of water. But it's so decadent, you know, like being able to waste. Those precious resources like that, you know. Sometimes when you I mean, you're, you're be sick of saving money and you just want to spend a bunch, you know, just 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 mm. ah, just do it, and you'd be sa- the same in the you, International Space Station with your precious life-giving resources like oxygen I, or water. You just I bet vent you on the International bit. Space Station. I bet you they some they they do just go on shopping sprees because mm. they're on the internet. Yeah, so they probably just are like ah. Uh, I'm just going to buy some records or I'm going to like, I'm going to have a couple of DVDs sent to my mm-hmm. house so that when I get home, I can watch them. But I'm going to buy a grand piano. I wonder what the biggest thing they bought has been bought from the thing. Anyway, wait, let's go back to what you were talking about <laughs> because that feels like it's closer to a reference, uh, like a sketch or something. You know, it'd be really great because you know how like they, they brush their teeth. They just put a bit of toothpaste on there. They squirt a little mini bubble of water onto the toothbrush. You know, and then they brush their teeth, and then they swallow everything, and then they suck everything out of their toothbrush, like you do. Mm, is that what they do? Um, yeah, yeah, and they swallow oh, everything. They swallow everything, and then it spit. goes down. You know, and they dispose of it through the butt. Then it gets sucked out through the butt. They're kind of yeah, using, but it the, gets turned into a more solid. The body is a kind of a a, a sort of a proce- a waste processing facility, right? They're like they're taking advantage mm. of that. The fact that it, the body stores yeah. and processes waste, like you know, there might be other things mm-hmm. that, like, oh, part of our policy up there is also like if you're working with little screws, tiny little screws, it's dangerous for those to go, um, to get floating around. They could get into the electronics. Swallow them. You just swallow them, and then you poop them out, well, and I they're mean, dealt with that way. Well, that's why they get sent up with with. Um Poopable screws. These are screws that, <laughs> screws that can be digested. That can be digested screws. by the human body. <laughs> and it's only a matter of time before that turns up in our day to day lives. You know, I heard, and this is, you know, this doesn't sound great, Alistair, but actually they, mm. they've taken that, um, that whole process to the next level, which is that it turns mm. out it's easier for the purposes of managing everything if all the astronauts then poop into one astronaut's mouth and then yeah. they just. And then, and then that poop goes through his system, and then there's only really one set of poop. They consolidate all the poop then, into one, easy to manage. And it's the one with the smallest butt, <laughs> because it's the one who who can get closest to the little hole in the wall that they've created. Yeah, yeah. and they can poop directly out. It's like the one with the most accurate 
hole to hole shot, you know, like this is the guy who gets bullseye every time. Or gal, <laughs> you know, apologies. So this is but they like one of those astronaut videos, right? Where people mm-hmm. and kids send in questions to ask astronauts how they do different mm-hmm. things in space. And mm-hmm. it turns out that all the the way they do almost everything is by shitting into somebody's mouth. Is that is that a sketch? Is that what we that where we've got to? Andy, we're 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 starting strong. <laughs> um, Astronaut you know, Chris Evans, the uh, the mustachioed, yeah. he answers David all Bowie your enthusiast. space questions, and you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it, but you got to make sacrifices um, to um to to do it in space. I wonder if anybody has ever. Ever done real? What like what's the weirdest sex act that's ever been done in space? That's all. That's all I want to know. That's all um, I want to know. I think I like I like the idea that um that like you know like you know in the Simpsons there was that thing where the, like a, an ant farm broke. Mm, so good, great episode. Yeah, but I would love to see an an astronaut be like, look, the only way we can deal with this, and you got to go, go around, you got to go <gasps> like that and try and suck up the mm. ants. Yeah. And go, just get your mouth right up against like the, you know, like, I guess I'm kind of picturing like in an airplane, you know, like there's the part up the top above your head with the, with the light and the, uh, and and it's called kind of like little plastic fixtures, but there's like, they're all compartmentalized and you can, but there's little gaps in between them and that you, maybe you would have to like put your mouth up against the gap and just suck Mm. and hope that you, you know, your suction is stronger than the grip uh, uh, an ant has on the... uh, (laughs) On the, so the plastic molding. And you can't you can't count on that. Uh, I think a lot of you know astronauts when they come back to Earth they lose a lot of muscle tone and that sort of thing and they have to relearn how to do different things. I suspect. But their rectum comes back like muscly. <laughs> as well, a I was wondering about about whether or not one of the things they they lose is the ability to shit into a a non suction toilet. Like a toilet that, mm. that just sits there and doesn't doesn't meet you halfway, doesn't do any of the work. Maybe it's you know. Maybe they have to do. They just have to like poop into a a tissue in their hand, mm. and just sort of like wrap it up like a burrito, mm. and then just put it into a tube, like just slide it into a tube, like a <laughs> like a little mummified corpse. And yeah. then blast it out into space. Like it's like it's, a little salute. Like it's it's Tutankhamun, <laughs> and you're you're sending him up to HR for them to count all his money. No, that doesn't make sense. But I was mixing two ideas: those those vacuum tubes where you send yeah, money through yeah, messages. Yeah, okay, cool. And Tutankhamun. Has anybody <laughs> looked into this? I'm sorry, there's a lot of poo stuff very early on the podcast, but you know there mm. is. There seems to be. It's not a problem I have personally. I'm doing fine, but it seems to be a big market out there for people who have trouble on the bathroom, making everything happen. Has anybody looked at using negative pressure and getting a good bum seal and having a toilet that that does actually gives you a little bit of a bit of help with a bit of suction? Well, because people have strokes because they push, right? So the 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 solution to that is that you, you want to have a some the pull. toilet that. That that meets you halfway with a little bit of pull, does some of the work. A halfway toilet. <laughs> it's a halfway toilet, mm. and it's it's one where you don't push, but it's also for when you're down on your luck. 
like a halfway house? Is that what that reference yeah. is? Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess if you can't if you can't get it out without pushing hard, you probably are down on your luck. Down on your luck. I mean, luck takes what's, all forms. What's, what's a lot of luck? What's a lot of luck? No effort poop. You know, it's a very narrow view of luck to think that it only takes financial <laughs> forms when it can... What? Yeah, what? I mean, I, I, my one example was pooping. I know. A successful no-pressure poop. I'm not correcting you. I'm talking about everybody oh. else who uses the term down on oh. their luck to exclusively mm. refer... I, I, Alistair, that wasn't an attack. Believe me, when okay, I come for you, turn, you'll let's know. Let's turn it into one. You'll know. When I come for you, you'll feel it. You'll lie awake trying to think of comebacks, It'll be, but you won't find one. Be, Every one of my lines is a checkmate. Mm-hmm. There's, it's, it's, it is an insult to which there is no comeback. Is that what we're suggesting? That's right. Ah, it's pretty good. Like even, is that an idea? Even the, um, well, well, what am I doesn't work on it. It's a it's a comeback that <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? And then and the reason why it doesn't work on it because it's not something that you are. Mm, really good. That's why. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a pretty good line that has no comeback. <laughs> well, I think that this you is you can't even this use. will be something we can solve with quantum computers. You know, like like how the AlphaGo can play Go in a way that no one had thought to play Go before. When we have really, you know, we reach the singularity, the thing that is going to kick robots over the edge and make them so um, damaging to us, it's not going to be their their ability with guns and that sort of thing. It's going to be their way with words, their ability to just cut us down and go to the very core of us, metaphorically mm. speaking, with the insults, the put-downs. Yes, but then also... You know, literally speaking, in their ability Cut to sort of slice through our soft flesh, <laughs> yeah, and sort of get into where our organs are and cut those up as well. Yes, yes, but but also they'll make us feel bad about ourselves, and arguably that is a greater death than the one That's where true. your internal organs but have been chopped up into little pieces. The only thing that will alleviate that death is the regular death. Mm. From being chopped. Well, up. you'll welcome it. You'll welcome the um, the internal whizzing. You know, there would be a. I mean, this would be a great. This would be a great thing in like a crime show, right? Where they get this body in, and it looks perfectly healthy on the outside, but then they do the autopsy and they they cut it open. Then everything inside has just been fully blended. Just to mush, so they slice it and it just it just oozes. And it's in a out. bag. It's like in a like a sandwich bag where everything is just mush. I think it's just mush. Like the body is the sandwich bag, and okay. every single organ, internal organ, has just been processed to a uniform, um, you know, goop. yeah, goop frappe kind of smoothie sludge. type sludge. Yeah. Oh, sort of like a like a pate. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Did you say pate? And I. You know, want to know how this occurred? I suspect it's done with oh. like nanobots or something like that. But if you know, you swallow some sort of tiny thing that's made out of ice. Mm. It's a robot that's made out of ice, right? You <laughs> swallow it. It's got a motor in there, made out of ice, also ice, oh. right? 
it's made out of um what's what's that other ice that's um black ice no not not black ice that's the one that you slide on on the road um the one that's made out of carbon dioxide yeah, dry ice. so it's even colder made of dry ice dry ice but it can conduct so you could, electricity your machinery could last for longer yes right and it just whirls just to blend around in there blends you all up and then melts while this weird steam comes out of your mouth there are no like nobody's combining Nobody's doing mm. like a CSI, but set in the future. Mm-hmm. Bones did it a little bit with their stupid hologram computer that was yeah. just ludicrous. But Oh, yeah. I like this, Andy. Future. Future CSI. <gasps> this is great, Andy. Future CSI. Because this is the way that we could get a lot of just out, outlandish um, sci-fi ideas. Mm. And and then just a regular comforting cop, yeah, procedural, like, you know, um, procedural, and where you you know it's going to be solved by the end. It's all going to be done. As it's, I think it's, I think this is really something, Alistair, because I, yeah. I you know how I know it's something because I've already worked oh. out what the genre is going to be called. What is it? See a sci-fi. Oh. Or. <laughs> C C S I C S S I Wait, wait, wait. No, no, if you just if it's C S Sci Fi, but then it's still just C S C I F I C S C S C S C I? What? C S C I F I. Right, yeah. C S C I F I. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, I I felt really confident that I knew what it was when I started my sentence. Oh no, I guess it totally could just lost. be CS fi but then it kind of looks like, yeah. Oh, it's maybe hard. this isn't. It's hard, maybe this you want isn't the great genre that I thought it was. I mean, if no, if Andy, it's we can we can work confusing. out how to write it. We just get a graphic designer to communicate it correctly. Mm, now through through big and small letters. I mean. A lot of listeners are probably screaming at their um, at their gramophones that they listen to this on. That um, mm-hmm. you know there are obvious examples of of shows that are exactly this, and I apologise. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But you're right. Wait. You know what I like about this is what? that nobody's ever going to be able to guess the twist because we'll always have the twist be some as yet undiscovered technology. So it'll mm-hmm. be that really satisfying, or, or it'll be the, or the murderer will be a character that wasn't introduced. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the true, that's the true twist. That's the true innovation in these, in in storytelling. <laughs> that somebody's got to find a way to do that and still make it narratively satisfying. That's splitting the atom. You know, Andy. There's a. Turns out that there's a um, a. Uh, a sort of an investing indice called CSI 300 Futures. Mm. And that feels like that could be the name of this show, <laughs> but it's already taken as a as an investing indice. Um, I, I still don't quite understand what you're saying with this this thing, but... Well, this could be the name of the show, 300, CSI 300 Futures. Yeah. Okay. Is that already a thing? But it's already taken. I'm sorry. I'm confused. This this name that you're not in any way convinced by <laughs> for our show that we've just come up with. 
I'm sorry, Andy, but it's taken. Oh, that's a shame. Anyway, uh, one yeah. of the first ones is somebody's internal organs are going to have been completely frappéed by a robot made from dry ice. Yeah, that's great. Uh, um, I, you know, I feel like some of the bullshit in some of those Dan Browns, like the Angels and Demons, if you ever read that, like that's coming no. close to this kind of territory. He's not trying to. He's not. He's not going all the way, but there is a. A real clunky approximation to what we're going to pull off with this brilliance. Andy, we could go pitch this tomorrow mm. and we would be millionaires yeah. by tomorrow instead of early, like sort of, I guess, about 1130. Sorry, I'm busy tomorrow. Depend, <laughs> depending on when the meeting is, what time the meeting is. We wouldn't be, be rich before the meeting. It's not what, that's not what I'm saying. No. I'm saying, let's say if the meeting was at sort of 1050. Yeah, in the morning. Then I reckon by... In the morning, yeah, not PM. <laughs> it's a crazy time to book a meeting, but I guess you would be more free. But then. also, maybe it's a meeting with Netflix. Maybe that's that's just ten fifty our time. Well, that's right. They don't they don't have regular schedules like mm. like the TV. Um, yeah, you're right. So, but I reckon if it was ten fifty, then we would be at least rich minimum. Mm. Um, by eleven oh five, Alistair, you know, you know what's going to happen if I get rich. I'm going to buy a lot of uh, really, really old, decrepit buildings. You know, you know what I think that you would actually do. You'd, you'd get really into smoking foods with very obscure types of wood. It look, it's very likely. You're like, you're like, look at this. I got this smoking thing. And I got these hickory tools. I also, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more convinced that I'm going to get into um, bad metalwork sculpture. You know, I'm going to be welding old bits of machinery Andy, together. We, we to know you're going to get into bad metalwork injuries. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, you know, you're just, yeah, you're trying to take like a, an old. Mm. Um, you know, coffee machine boiler, and you're trying to <laughs> solder it Alistair, on. How to, did like, you know that I was tractor. looking at old coffee machine boilers on Facebook Marketplace Andy, yesterday? <laughs> of course, you are. You're, you're looking for things that can end it all. Things with just one weakness and just, you know, 100 psi of pressure. Uh, it turns out that being this enthusiastic about metalwork with this low a level of skill in metalwork. Is mm. is classified as a mental illness in the uh, the dictionary of clinical psychology, and I'm technically, uh, you know, the the more I do it, the more I am in, attempting suicide. A part of my brain is yeah. actually trying to kill me without letting the rest of well, my it's brain not to know. Help you. <laughs> I wonder. Absolutely, Andy. I wonder. Like, okay, this is is this too um, grim, Alistair? But like, what if? Somebody attempts suicide, okay, mm-hmm. and they fail, and then we're at the point in the Wait, future. Does failing, does failing mean not they killing don't kill themselves? Or? No, but we're okay. at the point in the okay, future right. where we've identified the functional role of all the different parts of the brain and the components of the consciousness, and we find the part of the brain that was responsible for trying to kill them. Because when you do something like that, it's not the whole brain that's doing it. 
you know, certainly the, um, you know, your reptilian brain that's responsible for controlling your breathing and that sort of thing, mm. that's not doing it, right? So we might be yeah. able to using, um, using scans and using uh, I see where stuff. you're going with this. And then you go, you, you find the part that was responsible mm. and then you go and dig up the body of that person and you cut out that little piece. Yeah. And you put it in jail. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in my version, remember they weren't successful in killing themselves, so they're still alive. So, yeah. I mean, in my <laughs> well, version, know, it was going died, to be put they on died later trial. Of, of natural causes. They, they then went on to die of natural causes. So this is a cold case. But, but, do you think there's something here that you could? Yeah, we no, could I think so. Put, I think yeah, part of the brain. Mm. And even it doesn't have to be suicide, does it? Of course. Because any crime was not committed by the entire human or even by their entire mind, but only a small, defective, criminal part of the mind. Mm-hmm. You know that movie, that TV show, Criminal Minds? Well, this is a TV mm-hmm. show called Criminal Bits of Minds. And of minds, they, yeah. And they, they accept that the... Once you've that conscious agents in the mm. mind can combine to create one large consciousness, and gestalt consciousness, indeed, and you know, yes. there's it's one thing to ca- catch the body containing the brain that committed the crime, but then to catch the little bit inside the brain and chop it out with a knife and put it in a, in little shackles and lie it on a witness stand bench, oozing. And dripping, and question it, uh, and mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, yeah, I guess. Well, you know it's you know it's capable of thinking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and criminal intent. Um, and then it goes. Into- well, I was wondering. This is where my thought went when you first started it, and I think, I think that they're both very separate ideas. So I would, uh, you know, seeing how I'll see how you feel about this, but we discover that people who had um, maybe committed, maybe, you know, somebody's killed themselves or whatever. And, but we discover that there's much in the way that frogs, when there's no males or females around, they can swap sexes, Mm. right? They can turn into the other sex. Yes. Um, Yes. Turns out that we discover that there's a place you go when you die. And the reason why people were ending their lives was because their their brain was alerted by the sort of the societal hive mind <laughs> from both both sides of the uh, of uh, these you know of, of of existence, both the world side and the 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 great beyond. Yes. That there's a call saying we need soldiers, or we need you know people to have sex with us or whatever yeah. it is you know they um and so then that that's what people you know the, obviously the to make people do that it has to make them sad mm. but once they get on the other side it's actually a really great time and 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 they're and then they got a purpose and you, stuff. what you've got here alistair is you've got your you don't just mm. have a sketch idea you've got yourself a religion you've got yourself uh the basis of an mm. entire cult right there so I guess I can't write it down, can I? Because it's a it's a cult rather than a sketch idea. Yeah, I'm sorry. I wish you could, but I mean, it's I, I think that's I think that's very good. 
you know, I don't know much about this weird sex cult Nexium thing or whatever it was called. Yeah. But that's been that they've recently had going in the United States. But that sounds right, like exactly right what they'd say. And this is this is hundred yeah, percent what what is at the heart of Scientology. It's all this. It's all this crap that works so well. You're not. You're not dying. You're. You're being called to the front lines in some sort of battle yeah. for the other side. Is how is how do we how do we make it as funny as possible, Alistair? Yeah. Well, I mean, it could. You know, I guess. I guess the task that you're being called to could be itself a funny thing. Or a... <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's you know, it is. I mean, because I mean, I guess the idea could be that we're you find out what the purpose of humanity mm. is, that we are a farm for some otherworldly thing. Oh, that is and, very good. You know, and and sort of dying is us being called upon. Yeah. You know, when you get old, you're sort of a you're a you know you're a, a wizened. Uh, you know, old scholar, and that's what they sometimes they need those mm. to, uh, you know, they need those who've seen a lot of life to, uh, you know, either, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know, to <laughs> to explain something, to do statistics, mm. Mm. you know. Uh, but then sometimes they also just need young, strong people. And sometimes, Obviously, for some reason, they explain. need very small children. And they need very small children. There you go. Uh, but. The, you know, but there are purposes for you know needing the innocent. It's actually bringing and, me uh, you know, a lot of comfort. I don't know if that was your intent here, but boy, it's a lot of comfort. But yeah. I think you know, like you you could do something where it's like very built up in the first half. You know, you get these voices mm. from the other side, and you get you know you get um, you get visions or something, and you realize that you have this calling wherein you have to die to go to this greater job that is required of you. And it's a huge step, but like you're so inspired by these visitations from what are essentially angels for all intents and purposes. And then you Mm -hmm. do it and you're dead and then you get there and the job that they needed you for is like opening a jar or something like that. But the way in which, you know, they're not capable of communicating in a way that is anything less than incredibly inspiring. And so you assume that your calling is going to be something really important, but um, it's quite mundane. And then in a very inspiring way, as soon as you've opened the jar, they say, now get into the, you know, get sliced to pieces booth. (laughs) Get sliced to pieces. You know, because they're very wasteful Mm. with these, with this resource that they, that they build in this other dimension, which is us. True. Yeah. Like if you, because, They've got billions of us on tap. Yeah. The way, the way, that, like if you, if minds, if conscious minds were, were just a resource that you burned through like disposable coffee cups, it wouldn't mm. mean anything to you if you, if you could make them in a different universe where the physical laws were different and where time has a totally different meaning. You know, from your point of view, these things would arrive instantly when you required them. And of course you would just, mm you would just throw them into the gutter like the trash that they are. Yeah, or just like, let, you know, let them fall into your fire bin. Mm. Everybody has a fire or bin. Or magma bin. Ah, uh, well, it mm. is It is a, you know, a, an idealistic future, so it makes sense that everyone would have a magma bin. <laughs> Doesn't get much better than Download that. Download magma. Download magma from sospresents.com. I mean... Magma. 
who who wouldn't love the idea of being able to throw any object directly into a pit of, you know, small, handy, open magma pit mm. in your kitchen and maybe one in every room? I mean, yes, you would have to deal with the instant stink of whatever it was that you were getting rid of burning. And most things smell terrible when they burn. Yeah, but, but maybe if maybe if you close it, it's a perfect seal on there. Oh, that'd be you good. Know? You put it in. Yeah. You, d- you dunk it in, and then you just close it, and it's kind of got a, like a nice little seal on it. Oh, wait, you well, open thanks. it, that stink thanks, doesn't tube. come back out again? Well, maybe around the outside of the pipe, mm. there's there's a little gap. So it's a pipe and then another pipe, I guess, to stop the hot pipe from being in your room. Mm. There's a little area in between the two. So it's a pipe and a pipe, and in that area... It's a uh, there's air being sucked down and it vents to so that any smells that come down uh, that 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 float up get sucked straight down into the pipe. I forgot for a second that I was talking to one of the world's premier mag- magma engineers, and <laughs> of course you'd have an answer for something like this. Well, you know, I'm uh, you know I'm a speed round engineer. Mm. <laughs> you know, I don't like to stick around for the gritty details, yeah. but I'll give you a concept. God, I, uh, that's what I want. I want that job. I want Man. to be an engineer in some sort of scenario where the speed with which you come up with the idea is so much more important. That's it, it's the it's almost uh, for all intents and purposes the only criteria is being able to answer it quickly. And I knew a guy, my friend's long distance boyfriend. He basically said his idea, his job was to come up with ideas for technology. But it was for the military. I mean, I'd, I'd almost take it. Like I, yeah, me too. I feel bad, <laughs> obviously, being part of the complex. But mm. it's it'd be that that paycheck, though. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's... yeah. It might be, wow. it might be it's my just, calling. It's like it's like we've pre-sold out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to get out of the way. You know, the struggle, yeah. the moral struggle, that's what's draining. Nobody's nobody's buying, right, at this point, as far as I'm aware. But as soon as I get any sniff that anybody is, I want you to know that I'm gone. That I'm mm-hmm. I'm a shill. I'm a sh- I'm a sh- I'm a, sh- a shill in a shell. And I'm I'm Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Call me Michelle. Hermit crabs, Alistair, um, anything in that? Anything in mm, in hermit yeah. crabs? Well, they, they swap shells. Have we, have, we, have we talked about hermit crabs in, the, in this show in the past? Like a, a, a very the obvious one where thing they, the, that... Where they all line up, but but a very that is a very cool thing. I like that a lot. They all move down one shell, but mm. a very obvious thing that I feel like we probably would have talked about is mm. is the idea of, you know, you fall asleep on the beach with your mouth open, 
and a, a hermit crab comes into the cavity in your mouth. Mm. And it's, you know, I don't know if they think about the outer dimensions of the space, but the inner dimensions would be very important to them. And that's perfect for them. And they just go in there I, with their little I claws. I wonder whether they think the about end. the outer dimensions. I don't know. I don't know that they would. I think they, I think they would absolutely have to. But, I think that would be a really big part of it. But well, I'm still okay with going with this thank idea. Thank you, Alistair. And I appreciate you being willing to so you wake up. what I know is a very critical mind that you have. <laughs> but Andy, you wake up mm. and you notice that sand is moving past your exactly, face. Exactly, indeed, yes. And that, and that you can feel it actually rubbing against your yeah. face. It's cool, it's moist, you're down by the water. Yeah, you're being dragged right? along. And, and, and you, you look down you know, down your nose, down towards your nose, <laughs> yeah. and you see some legs coming out of your mouth, yeah. pulling you along. In your mouth, you feel, I guess, the kind of... The curled... The shrimpy, the shrimpy curled... Yeah. Rear... Back. Bit. Vulnerable back of the... Mm. Of the hermit crab. Mm. And... In between your teeth. Oh, no, but maybe he's he's broken all your teeth. He's taken your teeth out. Now, <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. He's done this before. But but this has to be... Now, they, this there needs to be that this hermit crab secretes some kind of neurotoxin that renders you totally numb, right? Mm-hmm. And, and immobile. So you're conscious. You can still move your eyes and all your bodily functions continue to keep you alive. But you are now just a vessel. You've it's it's turned you from into a a conscious, but um un uh, you know basically locked in. Um, it's only using you for the space in your mouth. That's all you've become, mm-hmm. functionally speaking. And maybe some of some of the <laughs> the other warmth for maybe having its babies. So you yes. So you've become a shell. Could of a, lay the eggs down your a throat. shell of a man, a shell of a man. Oh my god, you become a shell of a man. Yeah. And a Michelle of a man. Well, I do have an uncle Michel. There you go. He was a Michel of a man. And you're being dragged, I guess, along the bottom um of the ocean then, in and out of rock pools. Well, I think once you go into the ocean, you're kind of you start being a bit doomed, don't you? Yeah. I like to think I mean, it's it that there might be an ince- are there any reasons? Are there incentives for this thing to keep you alive, right? Like, like what? What does it get out of it? Well, we start to get into some of the, you know, the pr- trouble is that we start to get into the into the world of uh, the spider in the mouth. Yes, no, I realize that. that we and came I'm trying to trying to keep the stream separated, but like, okay, so there is. The- I guess it's bringing you to. It's actually not a hermit crab. It's bringing you to its family. No, that would be too. So, so. so you know, a, a lot of creatures aren't warm-blooded, right? But there are benefits from mm. being warm-blooded, right? Of, or of being able to keep a regulated temperature, um, mm. and you're able to um, move quicker, you're able to um, metabolize quicker, that kind of thing. But you know, what if you could develop some kind of parasitic or symbiotic relationship whereby you, you, it's it's harnessing our body warmth, right? So it yeah. make it needs to keep us alive. Um, so that it can get that warmth 
and and operate at the level at which it's operating. Um, well, it could go and live in a colder climate. It can, yes. Great. And with the coming ice age, um, this is going to be all the more important. So you'll be being dragged along in, in quite cold environments, but it feeds you. It keeps you alive in some way, chucking back mm-hmm. microgranules of organic matter um, down to the back of your throat. Um, would it eat you? Would it go in deep and then eat some little bits and stuff like that? But it kind of it keeps you alive because mm. you're a continuous f- source of food. Right. Yeah, I see that. It would well. It would eat the non-essential bits of you mm. from around which the evolution perimeter. is taught its mind over time. Yeah, it's hardwired into their mm. brain. Mm. I think this is good, Al. I mean, because then it can sort of it can sort of ride you like a raft as well. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose, I don't know, being in the water for a while, you would just kind of become bloated and you'd probably float and it can sort of take you across the oceans, mm. visit different Paddling different very lands. slowly with its little claws dangling out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it just needs to paddle you to one of the currents. Across the vast distances of the Pacific Ocean. Mm. But you're still alive. <laughs> and this, is, this could be the future for all humanity in the end. You know, they might even mm-hmm. still, you know, um, allow us to to reproduce by dragging our bodies up against each other and sort of jiggling them next to each other because they need to create new shells. And meanwhile, yeah. our minds are still That's trapped true, yeah. in these things. And, and you, know, I think, you, you know what I think would be the hardest bit? I mean, I think it'd be nice to just to succumb to the boredom mm. and just kind of learn to enjoy it. But I think the hard part would be not being able to close your eye. You don't... Oh, you might... You, you might... Know, you might still be able to close. And you just have water in your eye for a lot of it? Yeah. But I think you'd be fine. I mean... You'd get used to that. There'd be... Yeah. Let's be honest. The eyes are probably see, you'd... one of the bits that it would eat out. You know? Well, I don't know. It might be, you know, maybe it's merciful in that way in that it... Oh. It lets you experience life, you know, through seeing it. It's not a cruel being. It's also... <laughs> it's also merciful. <laughs> the merciful hermit crab. <laughs> but also, I think maybe, maybe also it gets something. Because imagine... Companionship. Um, imagine, you know, you're floating in the ocean and your body sees some predator, mm. right? I mean, you're just seeing it in some blurred, you know, underwater kind of vision. But you're paralyzed, but your body still reacts in a way that the the crab, you know, with it, one of its one of its feet that it's sort of, you know, it's in your mouth and it's dug down onto it to get one of its feet that sits on one of your nerves. Yeah. It can pick up the signals. Yeah. And it goes, there's danger around. And it kind of comes into the mouth a little bit more, maybe grabs your lip with one of its claws and shuts the mouth. <laughs> it doesn't feel. But I think it would also be very good for them. Like the next stage of their evolution would be the ability to stab some kind of nerve in, in the mouth. That makes your legs kick, so they can get a oh, little yeah, bit of a burst really of good. speed, you know, mm-hmm. when they need it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, one, I guess, one nerve for each one of their legs, mm. so that they can go like that and really get you going. You know, I guess they can they can maybe tilt your head back and forth, and that will probably determine whether you go up and down in the water. If this isn't already an episode of Rick and Morty, I'll be very surprised. 
Yeah. Yeah, it seems like something they do. It's either us or it's them. One of us has got this covered. Well, I think it could be a great episode of future CSI. Mm. I mean, CSI-fi. I, you, you know what? You're absolutely right. Oh. The body is found a long way away from where it obviously fell into the water. Oh, my God. I'm such an idiot. I don't know why I was writing it like that. It's got to be C-S-I and then just F-I. <laughs> I was trying to make it look like sci-fi, like have the, C, the S-C in there. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I understand that as well. Because because otherwise it's just CSI fiction. The abbreviation just means CSI fiction, which doesn't actually it actually loses our unique element of the science nature of it. Yeah. So, and this is pretty sciencey so far. Because it's kind of like it's like X Files meets CSI. Yes. Meets um, um, f- the future. Yeah. Exactly. Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. yeah, but it's on Earth, or at least what you think is Earth. Well, yeah, that's going to be a big reveal for the last episode mm. of season of the first season. Eight. Correct. The first seasons. How are we going? First sketch episode. idea wise, just out of interest. Let's see: one, two, three, four, five. I mean, you know, like one of them's a cult, one of them's a you know a whole TV series. So I don't know if we've got the sketch ideas, but you know what? I'm willing. To move on to our, uh, our some suggestions from a listener. Yeah. Do you know this? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know no, this? Everyone's talking listeners? about this. Yeah. Well, it's still happening. And if anything, it's it's going gangbusters, Andy. More than usual. That's so um, exciting. Thank you, everybody who's contributing. Yeah. People are contributing. Yeah, we're getting some nice messages. We're getting some nice words mm. you know sometimes people just send us nice messages oh. leave us nice reviews people just express how they feel that's nice to hear i'm um, very very moved by this alistair yeah, sends me, me screen grabs of kind things that people say about us and uh yeah, the, in in things that he doesn't really have as much access yeah. to well you have access to the patreon but you don't you don't spend your time you don't have it on your phone with the app no no, but you're plugged in. You know, I'm plugged in, but you know, I guess with how long it takes me to get back to people, people would su- suspect that neither of us are plugged <laughs> in. Plugged but, out. Hmm. Um, our three words today come from listen- listener Erling Rainstad. Thank you so much, Erling Rainstad. My God, do you know what Erling Rainstad's name is backwards? Do you want to guess? Um. No. <laughs> Death. Well, it's Datsunar <laughs> Nilra. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, I, oh, you really got me there, Al. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you want to guess his three words? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, crank? No. Oh. We'll just try and guess the other two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lynch? No. Um, okay. Pantyhose. No. Oh. God damn it. None three. Um, <laughs> um, orienteering. Yes. Spectator. Yes. Charisma. Orienteering. Spectator. Charisma. Yeah. Incredible. 
Well, you know, obviously I mean, in orienteering, uh, you're given two um, two two um, pieces of ob- objects, right? You, two pieces two tools, of objects. Two yeah. tools. You get a map and you get a compass, right? And you navigate mm-hmm. navigate your way around uh, the the outdoors region um, to get to various markers and that sort of thing. But yeah. but what if the type of magnetism that you were using to navigate was not mm-hmm. uh, regular earth magnetism, but the animal magnetism of deeply charismatic and sexy individuals like like mm-hmm. jo- your George Clooney's. And so with nothing but your own um, throbbingly tuned libido, you're set mm. loose naked into the woods and you have to navigate by the power of so let's say so you know how you like you can make a compass by sort of rubbing a needle <laughs> a metal needle on a on a magnet correct you rub your penis. you rub a toothpick a wood yeah. you know like a wooden shaft yeah. right on on a photo of George yeah, Clooney okay. <laughs> and then it finds it just starts getting pointed towards sort of a magnetic hot yeah great I don't know true um. Um, sexiness, or do you, or do you think it just goes to it points towards where George Clooney is, and you sort of go, well, this is his summer home, yeah. so he should be here at this time. Yeah, I mean, and so that's it's almost something, but I've lost, I've lost interest and faith in this idea already, Alistair. You're doing great things, the, but you got to remember that it is the spectators' charisma. It is, you know, and. I the the reason the way my mind got onto this was was originally from the thought that you know the the, the compasses of um, ancient explorers um, yeah. could be diverted by you know strange magnetic islands and um, you know various uh, m- magnet local irregularities in the Earth's magnetic field and that maybe similar things would be a problem if you were distracted by the sexiness of a spectator at your uh well i guess if you just if it just it. was attracted to hotness and you thought that you were you know you thought that the way out of the forest was you know towards sort of george clooney's um sort of spanish villa mm. you knew that that was northwest and you were like well great mm. but instead it took you to Gulag's house. <laughs> Gulag, Gulag, the the you know the machinist, yeah, but who has who has an eight pack and <laughs> just like you know like a like a speed skater's legs. Yeah, you know. Oh, you're you're describing and, exactly and a butthole what for miles. <laughs> <laughs> He's got one of those long linear buttholes. It's very. <laughs> Draw it out, <laughs> you know, and um, it's a butthole that goes goes the full length of the butt crack, which yeah, mm. you know, you 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 the butt slit. You wouldn't butt. guess if you were just looking at the butt crack, and you didn't know that there was a single tiny uh, localized butthole inside it. You'd probably mm. assume that the the anal opening it comes out in a, sheets, a sort of a. Uh, a linear type thing, right? Yeah, I wondered if it does that for a reason. Like, is it trying to make animals not know where it is? Uh, yeah, it could be. You know, they they don't know which section of the 
butt cheek to enter, like you've got a fly or a worm or something that's trying to infect you, it could it could waste yeah. a lot of time looking in the wrong section of the fold. That would make more well, it, yeah. sense if humans were born with the butthole randomly located in that trench. It could be at any point, up or down it. Um, it must be different from each person. I suppose it's marginally different, but it's not radically different, not different enough to make this an evolutionary worth worthwhile. Um, yeah, but maybe, you know, maybe... Every fly is is only just born, you know. So for every fly, you know, how many how many butts butts are they going to encounter? Yeah, that's true. But I think life? you know, it's it's going to be an arms race, like everything. It's an evolutionary arms race where they'll develop an instinct. You know, the ones that are that guess correctly based on whatever is in their you know predetermined so, by the genetic so makeup. You know, some some region of Aladala has. A fly that can find a human butthole. <laughs> yeah, correct. In seconds and lo- lay its larva yeah, in there. Yeah, at a higher percentage of success. It doesn't need to be a significant difference, but it's, these are the things that on an evolutionary timescale really add up to um, to being a significant advantage for your reproductive ability. So Now, is this a sketch in any way, Andy? <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry, Alistair. Everything I'm throwing out for this. <laughs> these are good words as well. Yeah, these are good words. Um, oh, can you run it by me again? Orienteering. Orienteering. Yes. Spectator. Yes. Charisma. Wow. Wow. Um. Um. Look. If you ever this is nothing right now, but um, hang on, this is nothing. Yes. But you know, in TV shows, angels have wings. Mm. But what about an angel that has two shovels? And it's like an underground angel? Yeah, it's like an underground angel. Not a not a devil, not a demon. He doesn't live down in hell. He just no. lives underground. No, but digging is is really is the flying of the dirt world, isn't it? Like digging is the flying of the dirt world. And I I it, it's crazy that angels would not have an abi- have have some sort of ability to travel through the earth. If the air is not an obstacle for them, like, and it does also feel like there would be aquatic angels with like flippers for, you know, like like yeah, there should the, be the water angels and fire angels of of an angel, where they got yeah. tiny little wings and they're very good at maneuvering at high speeds to catch. Um, Just a pe- like a penguin angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, and they probably have a quite a long, flexible neck. And then yeah, a dirt angel that is kind of like a bit mole like. Probably blind, probably naked, mm. and uh, living in a kind of uh, two shovels. Like, uh, do you think? Do you think it's hands instead of shovels, or do you think it's just sort of hands with big nails? Well, no. I mean, the the angels already have regular hands, and I think they would. You know, regular angels have regular arms, and the wings are actually an addition to that, which is very evolutionarily unlikely and very unusual um, to have wings as a separate thing to your arms. Mm. Yeah. And so I think the dirt angels would have um, regular arms, but then also coming out of their back, two shovels. (laughs) Two regular garden shovels. 
Do they are they kind of like attached to like a scorpion's I tail? I think or they something, would have or to they be. just kind of yeah, sticky. They'd have to have that flexibility. The the shaft or handle of the shovel would have to have a prehensile, almost like rat tail like ability to mm. move and scoop. Um, I think two rat tails. Two. I mean, it's look. You can see it's the similar mechanism to the wings. Yes. But instead of the bones going out to the side, they kind of go up and over the shoulder, mm. Mm. and they hold and they hold the sh- shovel and then they dig. Yeah. For you, of course, having such a big, wide thing like that is super inconvenient when you're traveling through tiny underground tunnels. Well, it, I, I think they're angels. You know, I mean, what's the alternative? That yeah. the top of their head, their halo, spins around and is has a tungsten carbide. No, no you're bit, right, and, and, and then they drill. And I think their power is that they can they can make this soil just rich and soft and very tilled, like you can run your yeah. fingers through it. You know. Yeah. So that's their power. And, uh, they enrich in the soil, but then also create little burrows under there in which um, they live. Oh, uh, uh, what's um, the parallel in that? For air angels, because air angels don't do much for air quality, as far as I'm aware, they don't. <laughs> they don't filter pollution well, out of the atmosphere, unless there's something I've missed. Well, these these angels, they're not here to serve man. Okay. You know the those other you know air angels are there to come and mm. um, help people. They're sent by God to help people. Right. But these angels are. Firstly, they're they're they're, to, they're independent to help contractors. Soil quality. <laughs> they're not even related they, to God they, in any way. Is that what you're telling me? They're not related <laughs> to God. They're just part of the sort of the just a split off of the angel species. They haven't been coerced. Yeah. They haven't been sort of um, co-opted by any uh, by any big deities <laughs> who's looking to for henchmen to do his work. And they just live in the dirt. And they actually wow they. Take, they take care of the dirt and they try to make sure Incredible. that uh, you know the dirt is nice and aerated and the trees are good and mm. plants. It's like they like they kind of serve Mother Nature. I, I mean, guess it feels but, like what we've invented but here out of is the kindness an earthworm. Of their heart. <laughs> eh? Feels like what we've got here is an earthworm. I mean, it's yeah, a complicated but in human one. form with two big long things. Wow. Okay. Are they beautiful? And, you know. <laughs> Maybe under the dirt, like under the, all the this, this sort of the grubbiness Layers. that they have. You don't see their face that well. This is a sketch idea, Alistair. Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> Orienteering you, yeah, spectator. No, it doesn't fit that. Um, no. Um, dirt angels. But, but it's, it's, uh, it's something that we said after you read out the three words. So I believe technically... Yeah. If anyone were to read the fine print of the podcast, of which there is, it's very fine, that print. Uh, very fine. It would, uh, um, it would say that this meets the criterion. This is something I've thought, Andy, just off pod. And it's not really a funny thought, but it's a, it's a, it's a good question. In Pokemon, there's no animals. There's just Pokemon. But there's humans. Really? I didn't so know that. Where did he- there are no yeah. animals. They don't. Well, Pokemon have taken place of the animals. But is is that explicit that they have taken the place of the animals? Like, no, no. I just mean in. So, so this is what's either happened because because then if that's the case, where did humans come from? Right. How did we evolve? So, yes. Very good question. How did we evolve? So either there were animals, Pokemon wiped them out, mm. 
and have replaced them with their own Pokemon ecosystem. But it's so long ago because these Pokemon have evolved a very diverse... Mm. I mean, there's over 650. A very diverse uh, ecosystem. What about... Of over 650. Bacteria. Do bacteria exist? Like zoobacteria? I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know if humans can survive with it. Or you look down into the gut of the, you know, whatever, Ash, is his digestion aided by tiny microbial Pokemon? Yeah. And do they say their own name? Exactly. Um, Mm. So (laughs) it's just something to think about. It's either that or humans are the aliens on this planet. Yep. Um, there maybe they're aliens. I, there must be like a cat or something in Pokemon. Like somebody must have a pet cat, right? There can't be no animals. I bet there's some. I bet no. if you watch all of it, you see the, some. No, no, the like Pokemon or something. Po- Pokemon are the animals. Oh, that's r- it's basically you replace animals with, with Pokemon, and then you can sort of you don't feel so bad about fighting them, sort of in a kind of a legal dog fighting kind of manner. How is it that you, that helps you to feel less bad? Well, because they're not real. Mm. Oh, I see. Yeah. So if the whole game was get dogs, (laughs) train them up, (laughs) and then fight them, do something so your dog can breathe out flames. No, I think just regular dog fighting. Just regular dog. In the Pokemon universe, Pokemon, their version of Pokemon is just dog fighting. And, mm. you know, when you're collecting Pokemon cards or whatever, it's just various different vicious dogs. <laughs> and so they're very, like they play a video game that is just dog, dog it's fighting. It's called dog fighting. Yeah. And, uh, and the, yeah, the Switch Pokemon Go is called um, Dog Fighting Go. How's that? Yeah. Um, dog fighting go and you just go from place to place and you find dogs that you can catch and then yep. you go to and it's just incredibly vicious and unpleasant and then you mm. don't catch them in those little balls you put them in a cage and then you poke them with a stick until they're angry and you got to carry the cage Correct. around with you yeah, or drive it in the back of your pickup <laughs> truck oh Christ you got. You can carry six dogs at once in your pickup truck. When did you have this One horrible idea? Mm? You said this was an off-pod idea. When did this horrible thing occur to you? Well, I didn't have the dog fighting bit, but I did have just that... that there are no animals. You know, just because my son's been playing a little bit of Pokemon, and so mm. I've been thinking about the, the Pokemon world and how... Alistair's got a Nintendo where Switch did now. Come from? I got that for my birthday. Very exciting. Um, but mostly everybody else has played it more than me, and and I, and I, I like that idea. Well, that's nice too. Um, we better we better tell you the sketch ideas oh, yeah. for the day. Oh yeah. Astronauts solve most solutions with eating and pooping. So any problem in the in the thing? This is a great great idea from the, from the get go here. Very proud of that. Basically, their 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 bodies are used as garbage disposals mm-hmm. to dispose of anything that's kind of. Um, and I guess they have to make everything at least poopable. Um, then it's we've good got philosophy. Fewer... Never take anything to space hey? with you that you didn't don't think that you could eat and poop out. Yeah, exactly. Then you got future CSI or CSI-fi, mm. which is you know exactly what what 
what you heard us say before. At Lake. Um, a CSI show where all the murders or all the deaths are caused by some weird sci-fi idea that these people have to solve. Mm. And it's going to be really hard to solve. But, you know, maybe we can give them clues. It'd be cool to make sci-fi mysteries like that. Um, then we got part of the brain that causes you to attempt... Uh, to causes a person to kill themselves is put on trial mm. and then thrown in jail. Yeah, with a wet splat sound when it's thrown yeah. into its cell. Yeah, but then maybe it gets corrupted because at some point it will get out. Mm. Well, I am. I, I think might come try and find the person. This is the problem. You're throwing all these sections of criminal sections of brains into the prison system together. They're going to cobble themselves yeah. together into one fully criminal brain. And Andy, we have just found an episode of <laughs> CSI CSI Fi. Because <laughs> <laughs> now you've got a criminal super brain that's going around and killing people. Yeah. This is and now. you've got to find out what all of these people have in common. Now, did they all take their own lives? Uh, they're all dead. But what? They, they got rid of that part of the brain. These murder victims, like, they all have something in common. They're, they are dead. <laughs> They're dead, yes. Yes, but something else. And rotting, uh, yes. But a third thing. The, 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 his, something of a calling card left by the killer is the death of his victims. Uh, forget uh, about yes. It. Um. Then we've got a cult that explains that suicide is the brain calling you to the front lines on the other side. Um, and that we're, um, we're like, a, we, you know, we might be sort of like a farm for some other world, worldly creature mm. or purpose that, you know, call upon us by either killing us through some disease or... Mm through, you know, us making us want to die. Um, and then they bring us there and they get us to open jars for them or, you know, or they look at our cute baby face or they do whatever. Anything that we, th you know, anything that we do could turn out to be the thing that this, um, a, a, that, a, that a larger civilization is, is using us to harvest. You know, we don't actually mm -hmm. know what the product that we are designed to create is. It could be tweets. You know, there could be an alien civilization that just loves tweets. And we, yeah. our entire evolutionary history has been building up to the point where we're able to produce high-quality refined tweets for them. Yeah, like 10 years ago, they, they, they went, oh, they've finally started making them. Yeah. Great. Well, it's like a, when, a, when an waiting. apple becomes ripe or a tree begins to fruit. Yeah, we're just sitting somewhere in a, in a tweet bowl and they've been waiting for us to... Uh, that's it. To get ripe. Then we got the hermit crab dragging you around by the mouth, use you as a vehicle. They feast on you, take you around the world through like the I've, oceans. Yeah, you know, if if this has already been on an episode, I hope we added something more to it. Yeah, I don't think we this this one has. Then we got dirt angels. Mm, of course, um, they're just they're part of the they're sort of just a side species of regular angels, but they they you know they're not they're free agents, but they. Their inclination is to work on the soil and uh, and just make the soil better. And I don't know, maybe they, you know, maybe they breed with each other. I don't know. Or maybe they're eternal. 
Dirt Angel. And then, then we have uh, in Pokemon the humans play a dog fighting video game. Exactly. But for some reason I wrote video getting. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Two of the Think Tank. God, it's good that you do that. It's it is yeah. incredible. Thanks so much for doing hey. it. You son of a good I don't know what we can person. contribute to these guys already massive existing success, but you should watch the new Auntie Donna show on Netflix. Check it out. Yes, it's watch. super funny. It's so good. So exciting. It's really good. And fun. And there's so much stuff in there. There's only six episodes, but they need a, a second series. They deserve it, and they're some of the best guys. Yeah. It's, real good They're people. genuinely real funny, and as somebody who likes sketch stuff, it's very nice to see it done extremely well, mm. and I really laughed very hard. Me too. God, it's good, and I'm very proud of them. Yeah, me too. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Two in Tank. I'm at Alistair TB. I'm at Stupid Old Andy. You can also find us on Instagram at Two in Tank. I'm at A Trombley Virtual. Um, you can review us. You can donate to the Patreon. You can get magma from SOS Presents. That's right. And you can also just sit there and relax and just have a great night. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And we and take care to you. Love we. I love you. You. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.